2: Dylan, the show that celebrates the work of Bob Dylan, one song at a time, proud member of the Fire and Water Podcast Network. I'm your host, the freewheel and Rob Kelly, and joining me this week to talk about a footnote in the Dylan canon, a song called Wanted Man, which he himself never recorded. It was written and given to his pal, Johnny Cash, is the biggest Johnny Cash fan I know, our pal, Chris Franklin. Chris, welcome to Pod Dylan.
3: Oh, uh, thank you, Rob. Uh, hello, I'm Chris
2: Franklin. <laughs> <laughs> I, I figured you could add Johnny Cash to your repertoire of characters. That you could do the Christian Bale, Batman, and Solomon Grundy, and I forget, a bunch of the other ones you've been able to do. But yeah, those a pretty good Johnny Cash, not bad.
3: <laughs> well, you know, on the fly. I, yeah. You know, why not?
2: Uh, I walked the line. So yeah, Chris specifically, Chris said he wanted to be on the show. You, Chris, I have to say you've been a, a faithful listener to the podcast, which I appreciate because I know that you're not a particular Dylan fan. And, and I, you know, I appreciate you like. You know, making the effort to listen to these because it's not something that would naturally appeal to you or to people that are not Dylan fans. So I very much appreciate that. But I know you're a big Johnny Cash fan and you had mentioned this song and of course I'm, I'm familiar with it and I thought, well, this will be perfect. It's a little bit far afield of what we cover but what the hell. This is uh, a song that, as I mentioned, uh, Bob recorded, not, I'm sorry, not recorded. He wrote specifically for Johnny Cash and then apparently gave it to Johnny Cash although Johnny himself seems to... Um, dispute that a little in the intro, we'll, we'll get to that in a second, uh, but it was written for Johnny Cash, Johnny recorded it, it became part of his repertoire, and Dylan apparently never recorded it, there is no, as far as anybody's ever been able to, been able to prove, a recording of Bob Dylan singing this song, which is too bad, because it's a wonderful song, it's mm-hmm. a wonderful song, so, like, where you, like, when did you first hear Wanted Man, Chris?
3: Uh, you know, I probably heard it when I was a kid, but I, I had, I had like a strange... I had a strange relationship with, with country music as a kid because my parents uh, listened to it a lot. They, you know, hee-haw was constantly on in my house. <laughs> my, my, my dad's actually a, a musician. He's a guitarist. He plays in the uh, Chet Atkins, Merle Travis style, uh, finger style of guitar picking. And, and uh, so, you know, he, he watched a, watched a lot of country music shows, listened to a lot of country music. And I wasn't a very rebellious kid, but probably the one thing I rebelled at was when I was a teenager, I'm like, okay, I'm not going to listen to any country music. Forget it, you know. Okay, all right. Uh, So I just basically said, you know, just forget it. But there was, you know, Johnny Cash and, you know, uh, The Highwaymen, which was, you know, the 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 country version of the traveling Wilbur sure right that, that yeah I Willie
2: was. Nelson Chris Christopherson and who's the Waylon one? Jennings Waylon Jennings okay right Raylan
3: Jennings yeah yeah they so when they came out I was you know even though I was I was preteen then but I you know they they had me there because it was like you know it's like the Justice League of country music <laughs> so you know and of course Johnny would be Superman but uh, but uh, <laughs> but you know, so that in the back of my head, I, I kind of still had, you know, I, I still, I still like Johnny Cash. Johnny Cash was was still cool. He, he he crossed over enough that I could, you know, say, well, I like Johnny Cash, you know. But it wasn't really, unfortunately, until he died that that I really, or right before his death, uh, with the American recordings, that I kind of got into him again and I started following him more. And then, of course, he passed away. Uh, so, you know, then I started, you know, picking up everything I could. And, you know, I, I think my, I think my mom and dad had the, the Sam Quentin album. Uh, so I remembered one and man, but I didn't know that I had forgotten or didn't know that Bob Dylan had, had written it. And, uh, so I had the, there's a a version of uh, the album that's out called the complete, uh, live at Sam Quentin. And that's where you get the intro that Johnny does, uh, where, you know, he, he calls Dylan the, the greatest writer of our time. Which you know that yeah, who can dispute him, right? But it's uh, a hell of so, a thing
2: coming from Johnny Cash, too.
3: Yeah, <laughs> well, I mean, those guys. I mean, apparently, you know, they had like a mutual admiration society Absolutely, going on. Absolutely, yeah. From the moment they met, they met like what at a folk festival in like 1964 or something, and they were just like huge fans of one another. And uh, and, and, and and now I read, I, I think I saw a documentary that said that. Uh, where Johnny himself said that Bob Dylan had stayed with him while he was working on Nashville Skyline. I mean, I, like he like put him up in his house or something. So, I, I mean... <laughs> Imagine
2: it would be a fly on the wall for those conversations.
3: Right, I mean, you know, and apparently at Johnny Cash's house, you never know what's going to happen because Chris Christopherson could come in on a helicopter and land on your lawn and give you a <laughs> Sunday morning coming down. So, you know, I mean, it's it's just a it was just a party at the Cash house. I, you know, June was probably in the kitchen, like you know, cooking up stuff for him, or something. I don't know. But 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 yeah, it was you know, it, it I, the thing about that song. Is you know when I when I heard it again for the first time, as you know, as an adult, I you know I was thinking, okay, you know, Dylan's really playing into Johnny's the legend of Johnny Cash that you know he did prison time, uh, which of course he didn't. He did some jail time, but he was never in prison. But he wrote so wrote and performed so many prison related songs, starting with "Folsom Prison Blues," which sure. he wrote when he was in the Air Force and uh, the early '50s. That people think Johnny Cash did hard time. <laughs> and, and in and in fact, there's a really great bet on a VH1 storytellers with Johnny and, and Willie Nelson, where Johnny says, you know, uh people will come up to him and say, you know, my father served time with you. <laughs> and nobody served time with him because he was never in prison. But so I was thinking, OK, Dylan's playing into, you know, the Johnny's the, this this misnomer that Johnny's done prison time. But then it the song, you know, he's wanted man. He's wanted in this town. He's wanted in that town. And then it changes with the second chorus. He's wanted by all these women. Right, right. So it 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 totally flips it on its head. The reason he's on the lamb is he's running for all these women that he's that he's done wrong, and they're after him, you know. Or they just they're you know they just want to get a hold of him when he gets back into town for whatever reason. So he's quite the the singer. Of the 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 character in the song is is quite the guy that gets around. Apparently, uh, yeah. The, so, the tongue so, is
2: planted planted firmly in cheek in this song. Yeah, no, no doubt about yes. It.
3: Yeah, I mean I like that too. It 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 because you think it's another it's another one of these, you know, talking about, you know, you know, cocaine blues or or something where you know, he's, he's on the run, he's done something horrible and and uh, no, he's just running from all these women who are after him.
2: <laughs> yeah, and it's and I love the uh you know the names that he that he does, that that Bob uh, puts in these songs i mean they they've got very they're very distinctive sort of country sounding names like Nellie Johnson mm-hmm. Lucy Watson Jeannie brown I mean it's yeah. they're they're very and then uh, the 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 bit about the you know and again it's 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 got the, again it's it's got the tongue planted firmly in cheek and but yet Johnny's delivery is that sort of s- straight ahead stentorian kind of thing which gives it that and you know it, that's it keeps in my mind keeps it from being a parody. Like, it, right. you know, you could take it. I mean, the, the whole bit about I got sidetracked into El Paso, stopped to get myself a map, went the long way in Juarez with Juanita on my lap. I mean, That's such a great turn of phrase.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there, there's I mean, of course, it, you know, like you said, Bob Dylan's like the master of the turn of phrase. But I, there are some great ones in this one. And and And, you know, that's. You know, Johnny did his fair share of 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 kind of almost novelty type songs later. Right, you know, boy named the boy Sue, named, and stuff. boy named Sue, one piece at a time, and and things like that. But you know, he, he did. He never ventured into Ray Stevens territory.
2: or anything. <laughs> Thank
3: goodness. <laughs> but you know, but because I think that's you know, he had a wink in his eye when he would sing things like that. But I think here he's a little more. Maybe it's because he's at San Quentin, but he's he's a little more. uh Keep, keeping it a little more completely straight as he's singing it, you know. But uh, yeah, it's it's. I just love that twist. I just love the fact that. And I had forgotten that. So the first, I started kind of laughing. I remember the first time I heard. it, I'm like, oh, okay, that's right. It's it's all a bunch of women
2: after. <laughs> yeah, I'd actually uh, never even heard of this song until I don't know about twenty years ago, maybe a little more than that. There was a a, a compilation record put out called "I Shall Be Unreleased." And it's a collection of Dylan songs that he himself never re- recorded, covered by other people. Mm. And that's where that song that I played on episode ten, which was a "Love Is Just a Four Letter Word" by Joan Baez, it's where I heard heard that for the first time. Because that's that's a Dylan song that he just wrote, and handed to Joan Baez, and that was the end of it. So I'd never heard of Wanted Man, and the version on that is a studio version. And that's mm. much more. Uh, I love it, but it's much more straightforward. Not straightforward. What's the word I'm looking for? It's just. It's it's just a little calmer because, of course, Johnny, the the version that, that, that we're talking about, that was on the San Quentin record, it can't help but be livelier because he's playing in the prison. I mean, he's singing. You know, he's singing to to prisoners, and of course, they are the perfect a perfect captive audience, and b, you know, what prisoner can't relate to being called a wanted man. I mean, right. it's, it's the perfect song to play, and the, the the intro that he does, that he talks about how much Bob means to him. That's very touching. I find it very <laughs> touching. I mean, these are these guys just loved each other from the beginning. And to give it a little bit of context, you know, nobody was cooler than Bob Dylan in the mid '60s. He was the epitome of cool, uh, mm-hmm. and, and 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 sometimes that was a, a good thing, and sometimes that was a bad thing, or some destructive. Parts to being that cool Uh, But and Johnny Cash By the mid 60s I think by A lot of people wasn't cool you know He was the epitome of like You know like a lot of younger people Considered country music The music of the masses the music Of you know conservatives The music of the you know The uh, the old people and here Mm -hmm. Was the hippest guy in the world Embracing Johnny Cash And I don't want to suggest you know Oh Bob Dylan made Johnny Cash cool again that's that's too much because Johnny Cash was always cool a guy that lived the life Johnny Cash you know
3: yeah. Johnny
2: Cash was eternally cool but it was it was just interesting that Bob Dylan saw no uh had no issue with that Bob Dylan loved Johnny Cash he grew up listening to his records, and when he got famous enough to sort of be in Johnny Cash's circle, he wanted to put himself in Johnny Cash's circle, and he did for the rest of his life. Yeah. Um, at the 30th anniversary concert, which, of course, I have to mention because I have to mention in every episode. Thank you, David Nace Gutierrez. <laughs> Johnny Cash was there. He sang It Ain't Me, Babe. And Chris Christopherson tells a story that the first time Bob Dylan ever met Johnny Cash, he said he walked around Johnny Cash and did several circles around him. He says like <laughs> you, like you would look at a big tree. And he just looked at Johnny Cash and went, yeah. And that was it. They were just best friends after that. And I just – I love that idea. It's very touching to me. And many, many years later, decades later, there was a Johnny Cash tribute concert. And Bob Dylan uh, wasn't there, but he sang a song by Remote. And he does a very sweet introduction to Johnny Cash. And he says, hey, Johnny – uh, I'm sorry we can't be there I want to sing one of your songs about trains And he, he thanks Johnny for He says, for standing up for me way back when mm-hmm. And you're like, wow, that's a great it's just like These two have such a history together These t- huge, titanic figures Of popular culture And uh, to me, I just find it so eternally charming That they were buddies I, You know, I just love that idea
3: well, I guess the, the what he's talking about specifically was before they met, and i you know i did I looked all this up when I you know for for the show, and I was you know just investigating the relationship between the two more that you know when 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 some of Dylan's fans had kind of started turning against him when he said he wasn't going to do any more political songs and and uh stuff like that Johnny spoke out him and said hey just shut up and let him sing in, in, in some in some magazine you know some big magazine that was like big in the folk crowd and so you know that that you know that meant apparently meant a lot to Dylan he said he even kept the article wow. he still got it you know today or he did at the time and I think he mentioned this when 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 Johnny passed away and he wrote this awesome you know just this piece about what he what he thought of Johnny Cash that just I mean it, it's it's you know, you can find it on online. It's just, it's spectacular. I mean, he sums it up, of course, you know, Bob Dylan. who's going to sum it up better than Bob Dylan. Right. But it's uh, it, it. I mean, it, they did. They, I think they just, they just totally admired the heck out of one another. And in fact, uh, you know, when Johnny started his, his TV show, uh, he right. wanted yep. Bob Dylan to be the first guest to prove that this, his show wasn't just going to be a country show. That he was going to have, you know, all sorts of different kind of musical guests, and so what better way to show that and show that this show's going to be cool, like you said, than to get Bob Dylan, and he did. So, uh, you know, and in fact, I've got a, uh, you know, you can see the clips on YouTube, but there's a DVD out there that's like the best of, of Johnny Cash and Dylan's on there singing I, "I Threw It All Away," which is a really great performance, and and you know, I. I that that was a very shrewd move on johnny's part to, mm-hmm. to and, you know and he had lots of diverse guests on that show and and you know that show was a big hit and i'm my understanding is the only reason he quit doing it was because he was tired of fighting the network because he wanted to have a diverse show you know and they kept trying to you know sh- tell him who he could have on there and who he couldn't and it didn't sit well with him, and so he just quit doing it, you know?
2: <laughs> so. Imagine being some t- TV studio hack and trying to tell Johnny Cash what to do in terms of music. <laughs> that takes some real chutzpah. No, yeah. no, Johnny Cash. No, you can't do that because of this or that. Get the hell out. You know, come on. That's terrifying. You know, John, for Johnny Cash would we'll just rip you in two. I mean, not right. only was the guy huge, you know, he was just a very intimidating figure. So, yeah, that's ridiculous. But, yeah, the, I love those clips. It's It's fun to see Bob... Uh, and Johnny just sitting there next to each other and Bob is smiling and he looks happy. He was probably at his most blissful at that point when he was living up in Woodstock and as uh, popping out babies with the wife. And it just it looks great. And, and we'll get to this maybe at, at a later episode. But, of course, uh, there's a Johnny Cash, Bob Dylan duet on Nashville Skyline where they sing and, and flub the lyrics to Girl <laughs> of the North Country. But there is a, an entire album's worth of material. That they recorded together. Uh, mm-hmm. Most of it is them just goofing around. Sometimes they're singing some Johnny Cash songs. They sing "I Walk the Line." They sing "Guess Things Happen That Way." They sing some Dylan songs. They're just clowning around. They're but they're yeah. having a great. That you can hear it in their voices. They are just really enjoying being in each other's presence, and it's it's very charming.
3: Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. We definitely need to do the the girl from the North County because uh, country. I always want to say county, North Country. Uh, I always, I don't want to say county. I guess it's because you know I'm from Kentucky, but. Uh, <laughs> And everybody, everybody goes by the county you're in. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's I know they flub the lines and and they're not always on the same. You can tell it's like okay, it's it's completely raw. But yeah. I really do like that. I really do love that version of that song. It's just uh, it, I shouldn't, but I do because I think it's because you just can. It just feels like uh, you know two friends just sitting around jamming because that's what it was. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it feels genuine. And maybe that's partially because, you know, I, like I said, I, I kind of come from my whole family. I'm the black sheep of the family who didn't pick up an instrument. I picked up a pencil instead of a, instead of ah. a guitar. Uh, but, uh, you know, my family would sit around and just jam. And, you know, my dad and, and his nephews and, and uh, you know, my uncle and stuff would just sit around and play music all the time. So that's what it reminds me of. So I think that's one reason why I like it so well.
2: Yeah, it's yeah, it really is quite charming. And and said again, this I was really glad that you introduced me to this live version with that intro of of Wanted Man because it's static. it's to me it's it's really sweet to hear Johnny Cash be so. Uh, effusive in his praise about about Bob Dylan, it's just it's just terrific. So so yeah, that's Wanted Man, and you can get that version on iTunes. Uh, there will be the link in the show notes to that particular version. Uh, again, the the one on I Shall Be Unreleased, I was not able to find on iTunes, so I don't know where that is available. But if you can ever find that record, I Shall Be Unreleased, the songs of Bob Dylan from Rhino Records, pick it up. It's terrific. There's some great stuff, and it was it, it was I was really glad that I got introduced to Wanted Man through through that album. So Chris, um. I I I think that's going to do it for Wanted Man. Thank you very much for coming on the show. I think now you have been on four of my shows? Five? (laughs) I think. You've been on Pod Dylan. You've been on Film and Water. You're on Power Records. You've been on Who's Who. Yeah. And you've been on Fire and Water. Yes. So that's, I don't have any more shows for you to be on. (laughs) So you (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
3: you have to get on it kelly come on i'll
2: have to do another show we'll have to do that superman minute show that we've been talking about so oh there you go there yeah. you go so uh anyway great uh, chris thank you so much for doing this i appreciate it uh of course where can people find you on the internet
3: uh you can find me right here on the fire and water podcast network on the power records podcast with you rob and on the supermates podcast with my wife cindy
2: wonderful stuff. And uh, if you want to follow the show, of course, you can just go over to Twitter, which is pod underscore Dylan. You can leave a comment using the contact page or on the individual show show thread. So, uh... Again, Chris, thank you so much for doing this. I appreciate your again, your your devotion to listening to the show every week even though it's not really your cup of tea. It that means a lot to me, and it was great to have you on and talk about this.
3: Well, I think you're 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 working on me, Rob. You're 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 working <laughs> on me. I've always I will say, I don't want I should have said this up front because people are like this guy didn't even like Bob Dylan. I I do like Bob Dylan. I don't this I don't dislike Bob Dylan. I I like I appreciate in Bob Dylan's genius of of songwriting. And his musical genius now his the song- his singing style, sometime not my cup of tea, I'll be honest, but I do appreciate it, and you are working on me to appreciate it more, so there you
2: go. <laughs> I'm always happy to provide mixed mix, uh, uh, mix lists for anyone that I can convince, because I get $5 every time I convert somebody. So it was, <laughs> uh, Anyway, it was great having you on. Uh, thanks so much, and uh, the show is actually going to do a second little segment, so I'll be right back.
1: Last week uh, in Nashville, Bob Dylan, one of the top writers, well I don't have to tell you who Bob Dylan is, the greatest writer of our time, was at our house and. In- he and I sat down and wrote a song together. And let me see if I can find that down thing, I'll sing it for you. Yeah, here it is. It's called Wanted Man. Do you know the introduction, Bob? Okay. man in Buffalo, wanted man in Kansas City, wanted man in Ohio, wanted man in Mississippi, wanted man in old Cheyenne, wherever you might look tonight you might see this wanted man, I might be in Colorado or Georgia by the sea working for some man who may not know at all who I might be if you ever see me coming and if you know who I am don't you breathe it to nobody cause you know I'm on the land. Wanted man by Lucy Watson Wanted man by Jeannie Brown Wanted man by Nellie Johnson Wanted man in this text town well, I've had all I had, and a lot more than I needed of something that turned out bad. Da, da, da.
3: Furthermore, you ought to stick to playing normal modes of music, not
2: wild stuff. Those we would find acceptable here would include Lawrence Welk, Jim Neighbors, Mantovani,
3: Percy Faith.
2: Percy Faith,
3: good. Thank you. Andy Williams, Perry Como, and certain ballads
2: by Mr. Frank Sinatra. Would Bob Dylan be out of line? Way, way, way out of line. Hey, everyone. Thanks for joining me for this uh, encore part of uh, the show. As I was getting ready to record this episode with Chris, I, I started to feel a little guilty that we were devoting a whole episode of the show to a song that Dylan has never recorded, um... It's not like the man is lacking for songs to cover. I mean, there's at least 500 original Dylan songs out there, and then you throw in covers and all these other things. And I was like, "Geez, we're we're devoting a whole episode <laughs> to something he never even did." So I decided to, to, to add this little bit. Um, this is a song uh, that, you're, that you're about to hear. That is, uh, it's a Dylan cover. Uh, he didn't write it. It's of the. Uh, it's a cover of the uh, classic Dion hit from 1968, Abraham, Martin, and John which is uh, a beautiful song about uh, this, obviously, uh, Abraham Lincoln. And then uh, at the time, the slain civil rights leader, Martin Luther King and John Kennedy. Uh, it was, uh, you know, as I said, it was a big hit in 1968 because it, it spoke to the times that people were living in. And, and it was a, a pretty big deal and it was covered several times. Um, this cover is from 1981. And just to give it a little bit of context, uh, as I mentioned in a previous episode, I think it was episode five, with Professor Alan Middleton talking about Dylan's so-called Born Again period, um, the first two albums of that uh, period of his recording career, which were uh, slow, it was, uh, slow Train Coming and Saved, he did concerts supporting these albums, and he did not sing a single old song. He only sang songs from these new albums or songs he was writing on the road. And uh, I've only heard bits and pieces of them. Supposedly they were extraordinary. Although I can imagine if you were a hardcore Dylan fan and you showed up to see him in concert and and finding out that he refused to sing any song older than 1979, that had to be a pretty tough thing to get through. Uh, But anyway, uh, as the uh, born-again period, again, I'm putting it in air quotes here, uh, wore on, he started slipping in some older material and some covers of other contemporary stuff. And he decided to cover this song. And it's unusual because you kind of feel like in 1981, you know, what does that have to do with anything that was going on at the time? It seems sort of a throwback to the 60s, which was something Dylan was very keen to avoid being. Uh, but nevertheless, uh, this is a very heartfelt cover. And i, I it's only available in bootleg form. Um, the sound isn't very good. Uh, if you're a obsessive Dylan fan like I am, you get used to hearing things that sound like they were recorded inside of a bucket. So you have to just sort of muddle through uh, some of the stuff. I wish we had a cleaner version of this, and I'm, I'm hoping that this song does surface someday in an official manner because it's so beautiful. But anyway, uh, it surfaced on some sort of bootleg that I bought decades ago, and I was really struck by the beauty of it. It's just so simple and so quiet and Uh, You know, Dylan being a figure as titanic as John F. Kennedy, as Martin Luther King, uh, you know, it it feels like a legend talking about other legends. And, you know, depending on your political point of view, uh, you can regard uh, John F. Kennedy and and, uh, Bobby Kennedy, who was also mentioned in the song, as, you know, not quite uh, on the level as as Abraham Lincoln and and Dion's equating them, you know, seems maybe a little bit of, you know... um, Annoying liberalism, maybe, again, depending on your point of view. But but I I don't know. I've always thought the song was really very beautiful and very touching. And it clearly means a lot to Dylan. Uh, I think you can hear that in the gentleness by which he uh, records it. And uh, the other thing I wanted to mention is if you listen really closely, right at the very end of the recording, you hear someone from the audience yell out, Love You, Bob. And I've always found that to be extraordinarily uh, beautiful and touching and heartfelt uh... and you know normally you don't want to hear somebody yelling out during a, a concert but uh... i find that that little moment to be uh... really very beautiful because i just think that you know he shocked everybody by singing this song this is not something you would expect him to be singing and uh, he whoops it out of the, you know in the middle of this concert and as far as i know he hardly ever did it i think he sang it a couple of times during this run and then never again um, and it's just the kind of thing where it's 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 a very obscure piece of, of the Dylan canon. Uh, I didn't really think I'd be able to find anybody that, that knows about it or would want to talk about it. So I thought, why not throw it in here? I'll just talk about it. And it, it serves as a nice uh, bookend to the Wanted Man segment, which, of course, like I said, uh, Dylan didn't, didn't, never sang. So uh, at the risk of getting the show and myself in a lot of trouble, you're going to hear the entire song, uh, all three minutes of it. Like I said, it's a cruddy bootleg. The sound is not great, but I still think you can get uh, the sense of just the the beauty that uh, Bob Dylan was able to imbue- infuse uh, some of the songs that he, he chose to cover. Um, like I said, it's one of my sort of favorite little obscure things that he's ever done, and I really wanted to share it with everybody uh, because, again, I just think it's, it's so beautiful. And, you know, not to get too deep into it, but, you know, uh, in the current political climate where we have – uh, one candidate who is charitable, to say less less than inspiring, and another candidate that, um, frankly, strikes terror in my heart. Uh, it, it's sort of beautiful to think that at a time we had political leaders that people cared enough about to write songs about. Uh, it seems uh, quaint, almost, uh, which is amazing when you think about that we're talking about, you know, political leaders that were cut down in the prime of life. Um, So I'm just rambling here. Anyway, enjoy this Bob Dylan performance of Abraham, Martin, and John.